Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay, so uh, the MLS playoff race is coming right down to the wire. This weekend featured some six-pointers in both conferences. So we're going to start in the East. Pair of matches there between teams right around that playoff line in Chicago. You had Charlotte FC give their playoff hopes a major boost by beating the Fire 2-0. Ashley Westwood and Carol Swiderski uh, scoring the goals there to give Charlotte their second straight win. Here we go. Here's the highlight for us. Who wants to jump in? Yeah, I'll jump in. <laughs> Good old Charlotte Ashley Westwood, Golasso smashes it, and this is a this is a big game for Massive. for both sides in terms of the playoff push. Charlotte, they still have two games in hand, so Ashley Westwood gets this goal, and then Carol Sviderski on the 55th minute comes up big. He's their best player right now. PK steps up, buries it. And they get the win. They put themselves in really good position, too, because they do have mm-hmm. those games. Now, against Miami, PS. <laughs> yes. against Home Miami. and away. Home and away. <laughs> oh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, look away now, NYCFC fans. Oh, uh, yeah. Alexis. We're just looking at bad defending there, really. Uh, Mateus Click uh, finds their back of the goal. Uh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> Listen to him. He sounds so depressed. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Are you okay? You travel away to a wah, team that really has wah. almost nothing to play for, and then you let Chris Durkin do that. Um... Look, it's, uh, it was tough. NYCFC early on the season, absolutely horrendous on the road. You thought they found a way to change it, and it looks like they did not. 2-0, rough one. Okay, so this is what it looks like. This is the race for the final playoff spots in the East. Montreal and D.C. United in the final two places. D.C., remember, though, has no more games. Can't hold on to that current playoff place. Uh, so we've got five teams vying for the final two playoff spots in the East. Uh, let's talk about that. That's going to come down to the final match day, D.C. United. Uh, missing out on those playoffs. Uh, Start a new era now after Wayne Rooney and and the team announced that he will leave after two seasons. Inherited a bad team, didn't he? Um, Do you think he made them better? He did inherit a bad team. I think he got the most out of Christian Benteke. I'd say that's probably the biggest positive of Wayne Rooney's era, but they're not much better. They're, They're about in the same spot as they were. So, unfortunately... I, so I that's saw, a no. I saw this coming. No. <gasps> didn't make him better. No. No, not at all. I don't think this worked out in any way, shape, or form. Even the name Rooney didn't bring that many more, uh, you People know, behind the, the seats. Yeah, well, that was a better way of saying it. I was trying to find a way not to say the bad word. Um, it was, uh, to me, it just didn't really work out. It seemed 
at moments, and maybe it's just the way his face is, but it seemed uh, he seemed uninterested. <laughs> Did you, you just know? say You know that? what I mean? You know, maybe he no, just has like mean? a flat affect, if you will. He just seemed a uninterested. Boss? A flat affect. Typically, someone who's like very monotone, but you could see it in his face. Right? <laughs> uh -huh. Every once in a while, I surprise you guys. What did I say? Uh, homeostasis and Zeus was like, can oh, we I shut know. this I, studio I, I, down? Alexa said a word with more I've than two syllables. I've very little of the last like minute. I don't know what's <laughs> happening. He I, seemed uninterested on the sideline. And it, there, I was there surprised was a he took this job. You said emotionless yeah. is what you were alluding to. I know. <laughs> I'm not putting that on him in case I ever meet him in the future. He didn't it seem seemed, very he seemed. He, he seemed, didn't seem committed to the project. I didn't want to say that, but yeah, he seemed uh, he as if he was here as a stopgap. And I was honestly, when he took the job, I was surprised because Shocked. he w because when as a player when he was here in D.C., I, there was a lot of reports about like his family not being quite happy being here, and that he all he wanted to do was go back to England. So when he took the managerial position here, I was kind of like, huh? That like, goes I, against what he said. Exactly. And so I don't know. I don't know if it was just a case of like he just never got settled here. But you have to buy in. You, like when. The team was as getting as poor results as DC United. You have to buy into that project. They needed a manager to come in and say, "I'm committed to this. Like we're going to rebuild." And it just, I don't know. It just never felt like it he. Always felt temporary. It, it yeah, always exactly. felt temporary. He didn't feel like the long-term no. choice for no. DC. No, especially when he did say, "I miss my family. I want to be in England. Don't want to be away yeah. from them." To come just it's to strange. come back to DC, it's like, huh? I, did you find the timing of options, this strange? right? I mean, sometimes yeah. what you choose is dictated by the options that you have. But his family stayed in England. So he, he even mentioned after he departed uh, that I, I miss my family. I haven't seen them in a long time. Okay, but Thierry Henry would argue with you that doesn't mean that you're not committed to the project, right? No, but Thierry Henry didn't leave in the first place to say, I want to be close to my family. I want to be around my family. My family's unhappy. This is... That happens as a player. You say, I'm done, I'm leaving. I go back to England and finish out my career. Then just to say, I'm done, I'm going to manage in England, things don't work out, and you come back to the place that you didn't want to be in, in the first place because your family left. So I knew it was temporary. But I was hoping that maybe if they got some big players, they got some results, maybe that would change. And it, and it felt like it was they were never properly backed because they didn't get any of those players that were game changers. Benteke came. He, he did pretty well, but if, if you don't surround the rest of the team with game It's so games. interesting, too, though, because D.C. United, it's, you know, they're one of the original MLS teams, and they're a team that has had one of the most successful clubs in mm -hmm. Major League Soccer historically. And you, they had Ben Olsen in charge for so long, and now you look at what he's been able to do oh. in Houston. And I don't, I'm not saying, you know, it's one of those, like, oh, shoulda, woulda, coulda situations, yeah. but I just, you know, they need, Ben Olsen was kind of, he embodied the heart. He, he loved this club. He loved D.C. He was such a a fabric of the D.C. community as well. And I think moving forward, D.C. needs to find somebody that is as committed, you know, that has that love for the club, that understands what it means to be a D.C. United player because it is a very, very important club within Major League Soccer. Yeah. I mean, if the rumors are true that the front office was slow to get back to Wayne Rooney about a, contact, a contract extension if he would have wanted it. And that's why he decided to go. If those rumors are true, it's it's starting to be reported on, but nothing uh, has been confirmed. If that's the case, then it calls into question this whole front office. because Oh, oh it's, it needs to be questioned. Yeah. I mean, the player signings, uh, er, the whole Erdan Losada uh, saga, oh, the front office needs to be questioned. It has not been good. Yeah. This DC United time team, since Lucho Acosta and Wayne Rooney were in the team, it's gone downhill. Yeah. Absolutely. And they have a brand new stadium, and still they can't 
let's even not, that was messed up. Let's not forget the uh, a player who had just left who had been suspended. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, th- this DC United uh, front office needs needs some change. This next hire they need to get right they need because to get they right. have some really good players. They need to surround them with better quality. Okay, so we talked about six pointers in the East. Let's talk about six pointers in the West because there are a couple of those as well and how these games then affected the bottom half of the table. So let's start with this one. FC Dallas against uh, San Jose. Played to a draw. 1-1 the score in this one. Both teams, eight, eight and nine. Ooh. It's getting tight. Ooh. This is a, a, a big goal here. Jeremy Abobasi, we've seen him score goals. Hasn't been all that consistent this year. And Obrian gets the goal for FC Dallas. And, and I think this was, for San Jose, a big result because Dallas are so good at home. Yeah. So for San Jose to get a draw on the road puts them in a good position to, to make the playoffs. Look away, Galaxy fans. I was, uh, this I was, was at this match, guys. I mean, <laughs> this must have been a, fe- a festive atmosphere. Talk about it a coach bump, too. You know what's crazy? It was like, oh, Pookie can't stop scoring. He d- literally doubled literally. his goal scoring total in one game. It was I mean, nuts from the was, whole season. He was freed I, up. Can I tell you, though, <laughs> LA Galaxy were absolutely horrendous defensively in this game. They were just standing there. I mean, it looked like they had already given up on the season at this point. And this was a massive, massive three points for Minnesota, who had just said goodbye to their head coach, and they're still mathematically in the playoff race. And now it's going to come down. Imagine if they get in. And they could. They, I mean, Dallas, let's not forget, Dallas has the game that that was postponed against Colorado, so they've got two games remaining. And Dallas, if they, they control their own destiny, Minnesota, Kansas City do not. But Minnesota and Kansas City play each other on decision day. (laughs) I mean, like, yeah, it's it's all kind of up in the air. But this was a massive three points for Minnesota. For Galaxy, this season has been an absolute tire fire from from start to finish. They had a they had a moment in the middle where they kind of started to turn things around. But we were we that that horrendous start to that the start season. They was had that wild. It was brutal. I can't remember how many L's they had in a row. It, it was I think it was in the double digits. But it. To watch them, they conceded, I think they conceded 16 goals over their last five games. I mean, they've just, they kind of mailed it in. And if you're, they made the playoffs last year. They got a win in the first round against Nashville. But that was their, they've only made the playoffs one time in the last four years. And for a club like the LA Galaxy, this is not good enough. This is not good enough. And there has to be serious questions. Mm Mm-hmm because they've been eliminated from the playoffs once again. Beyond serious questions. Beyond serious questions. I mean, they got rid of Chris Klein, and, you know, right now I think the spotlight is you – I know that Greg Vanny has been revered, and he had so much success at Toronto FC and won MLS Cups for them, but it hasn't worked. It just has not worked. I was going to say, Chris Klein doesn't pick the tactics or the team, and that has been shocking from LA Galaxy. When you take the job, you know – the ramifications of, of the job, yeah. the task, the expectations, and that's just, that's the business. It's not good enough. I don't mean to be controversial, I know I'm new here. Um, playoffs, I'm not a fan of the not, system. No, not a fan of the system. You don't like the three games? I know, listen, I know this is America, but no, I just, I don't think it, I don't think it works. Do, do you not feel in some way that, that this system, the playoff system, lack of relegation, promotion, all of that, it's not just holding back American soccer? I Look, that's a, it's a big Pandora's box we would be opening <laughs> to talk about promotion and relegation. Uh, but I will say playoffs work in England. They work in Champions League. Championship has 
has playoffs to get into the top, top division. But not, not nine teams, I think. Oh, we could sit here and argue all day, all day about why maybe four-fifths of the league shouldn't get in the playoffs. I mean, there are way too many teams yeah. that get into the playoffs. And I've That's, said it on yeah. this show, and I've gotten Absolutely. emails about it and DMs, but I, at this point, it seems, and you played for the league, so you, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> the first ten games of the season are basically a preseason because so many teams are still viable to get in the playoffs once you get to this point. So there is a lot of points that absolutely need to be fixed, and it's behind a paywall. It used to be that playoffs were the big ratings push for MLS. Now that doesn't matter anymore. It's behind a paywall. So I don't understand why you have this massive, you know, World Cup, you know, sort of system for the playoffs. It's it's all too much. But I'm not going to sit here and say that playoffs don't work because it does draw in an American fan base in a way that just having a single table wouldn't. Are you just you, saying that because NYCFC won an MLS Cup? No, I just thought that was <laughs> one of the greatest nights of my life. You just don't want to reward mediocrity. And I, I think that's what it is. In MLS, if you finish ninth or eighth or seventh, and you get to an MLS Cup, yeah. th- that Agreed. to me just doesn't feel I right. I like the democracy of the Premier League, yeah, right? You, you want to be rewarded, at least if you're going to do a playoff system, reward the teams that were consistent all year. Oh, and then have on. them compete. When, when Portland went on that run, barely making it to the playoffs, catching, catching heat towards the end of the season, and they go all the way through beating all the best teams in the league. Just kind that of what they're exciting. doing now. Yeah, I know, right? They can't stop doing it's, it. Yeah. Is it not just too comfortable, though? Like, I, I feel like it's too comfortable a system. You can live in that mediocrity, mm-hmm. and you can be okay. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. No. But for the, for the clubs that don't make the playoffs, when you have nine teams getting in, guess what? New coaches go around because how can you not, if you've been given time to take your club into the playoffs and you can't, you can't even hang in the top nine? So I, I think from that standpoint, you say, hey, we can just cruise and there's not that much mm-hmm. pressure. Yeah, I don't like that. But I think there's now uh, much more of an emphasis on winning and winning trophies, whether that this be U.S. season Open Cup. in particular. I think because of the expanded playoff uh, field and what we've seen happen in Miami when you bring in world-class players, I think is going to put a lot more pressure on some of the the clubs that, as you mentioned, have just kind of been content, sort of staying in that middling ground, or even poor, you know? Well, like in Europe, it's the have to versus the have-nots. In America, it's going to put pressure on, on ownership wants. to invest mm. more yeah. in their products, and so right. that's the hope, Kate. I'm a did you just come up with that? I did, and I'm so <laughs> proud of myself, Kate. You, you know no what? Idea. Good thing is we can talk about this all week, because I'm here all week long. I want to see what emails you get. I want to know what DMs you oh, get. Oh, I'll show them to you. Yeah? No, never mind. Back in just a minute after this break. Don't go anywhere. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. 
There's just a mountain of content right here at Paramount Plus, including the very latest in our series of documentaries, Football Must Go On, which focuses on the Ukrainian club FC Shakhtar Donetsk and their journey to play in UEFA Champions League last season. Take a look at this. Shakhtar have become a metaphor for the struggle of Ukrainians. Donetsk is occupied territory and there's a battle line between them and many of their loved ones. This is our duty and football never stops. Football must go on. impactful stuff Charlie very impactful stuff for, for me this shows what our sport can do for a country for people who are suffering they have this this sport this game this team to follow to support that allows them to transport out of the, the difficulties in their life so I mean we're talking life or death mm. And they can forget about that for that brief moment that gives them happiness, happiness outside of having to f fight for life and fight for purpose in life. Now you can just watch a game to have some fun in your life. That Escapism, right? Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Uh, it's, uh, the scenes where they turn the Shakhtar Donetsk Stadium into a, basically a shelter, it just goes to show the, the connectivity that we're just starting to get now in America between the sport of football and just how it's everything around a community and that connection to the community. It's so impactful. Yeah, and it's easy to say, like, oh, it's just sports, you know, but then when you see, like, what it actually means to mm. these people where Charlie said it, it is literally life and death on the line here. Um, you know, it's, it's just incredibly, incredibly powerful. So it's yeah. like, oh, stick to sports? Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's like let's let's think about mm -hmm. what sports can do for mm. for a whole generation for, yeah. for a country. Man, please go and watch it. Football Must Go On is now available for you on Paramount Plus. Uh, Ali is now available for us with the headlines. Ali. Thanks, Kate. We start in Major League Soccer, where DC United announced that head coach Wayne Rooney has mutually agreed to part ways with the club. In Rooney's first and only full season in charge, he improved DC United's point tally, but it wasn't enough to make the playoffs. The team was officially eliminated over the weekend, extending the streak to four straight seasons without a playoff appearance for DC. Reports started surfacing this morning, linking Wayne Rooney to the now vacant manager role at championship side Birmingham City. And over in England, West Ham and national team forward Jared Bowen has signed a new seven-year deal with the Hammers that will keep him with the club through 2030. Bowen, whose previous deal ran to 2025, is the club's top scorer this season with five Premier League goals in their first eight games. The 26-year-old's highlight with the club came in their Conference League final win over Fiorentina in May. His late goal secured a 2-1 victory and West Ham's first European title in 58 years. Sticking with the Premier League, Bakayo Saka is expected to join the England national team camp ahead of the international break and European Championship qualifiers. Manager Gareth Southgate called up Saka last week despite the Arsenal forward picking up a knock during the Gunners' 2-1 Championship League defeat at Lons on Wednesday. Arsenal and the FA reportedly held talks to discuss Saka's call-up. However, when Arsenal manager Mikel Arteta was asked whether or not Saka was going to be with the England squad, Arteta said, quote, no, he's not available to play football at the moment. Injury news for Barcelona, the club announced that center back Jules Koundé sprained the lateral collateral ligament in his right knee during Barcelona's 2-2 draw versus Granada on Sunday. Koundé has played 
in all 11 competitive matches for Barcelona so far this season and has started in all but one of them. The 24-year-old will miss France's matches against the Netherlands and Scotland this international break after being replaced by Chelsea's Axel de Sassi. And over in Italy, forward Paolo Dybala suffered a knee injury in Roma's 4-1 win over Cagliari on Sunday. According to multiple reports, Dybala is expected to miss up to a month with what has been classified as a left knee sprain. Dybala has recorded two goals and two assists this Serie A season for Roma, and this latest injury will cause him to miss Argentina's World Cup qualifiers. Charlie, how does this latest injury for Dybala affect Roma for this upcoming month? Obviously, just a, a tough start to the season. Well, Paulo Dybala is massive when it comes to creating chances for Roma. And Lukaku has scored a brace this weekend, so it's, it's great that they were able to get a, a star striker, which they needed, somebody they could count on, who could also hold up the ball and get the midfield involved. But Paulo Dybala, whether it's set pieces or creating goals off the dribble, it, he's just a game changer. And we, they relied heavily, too heavily on him last season. And I think with Lukaku, that lightens the, the load on him. They need him. They need him fit and they need him healthy to compete because, Amy, winning Serie A seems a little bit far-fetched at this point. But to still to get to a Champions League spot, that, that would, I think would be the goal for uh, Jose Mourinho's Roma side. Are you concerned? I mean, he, he does seem to be injury-prone. He seems to get bit by this bug quite mm -hmm. a bit. Like, how concerning is that, that there's been this sort of pattern it's concerning. Yeah. I mean, you want him on the pitch, and it feels like whether it's an ankle or a muscular injury or a knee, you know, you, you, that's somebody that you need on the pitch every single match. And I think right now the focus is, all right, let's get him healthy and let's keep him healthy mm. because in order for Roma to be at their best, they need Paolo Dybala on the field. That's facts. Yeah. And you feel bad for Mourinho, which is not a sentence I say often. Uh, but you do feel bad for him because he's been he's been achingly begging for, for more. I need better. I need more players. I need I need a deeper, just a deeper squad and a player as important to him as a Dybala going down again. I mean, at some point you want to see what the squad what the squad can do at full at full strength. And Lukaku Dybala partnership is something that would have been so exciting to see over the stretch of an entire season. So hopefully he gets back soon. Is it fair to say that it's only a matter of time until Mourinho ends up leaving Roma and, and, and parting ways with that club? And would you have liked him for the U.S. men's national team job? Ugh. Yeah. Said, what, that's a no? That absolutely not. Oh, you're I, Charlie I really it. way wrong. I, I would go I'm, for it. Charlie, 100%. Charlie won. That was, was that your number one? I'd, go, I'd take yeah. him for England. Yeah. Really? Would yeah. you? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's such a boring, cynical style of football. Parking the bus, wingers going up. I mean, you might as well play the games so so the you play, in black you play, and white because that's if, what it's going to look like. If you played a boring, cynical way of style uh, of play and you get to a World Cup semifinal, mm -hmm. <laughs> is, do you have a problem with that? How about, how about you play that boring, cynical style and you don't get to a World Cup I just semifinal? Said, if you do, though. And what happens if you don't? The problem is, if you do, then what? Yeah, well, then are, you, are you happy? Or He's you, a proven are you still? winner, though, Alexis. Is he? Since when? I mean, What's the last thing you won? Less so recently, the but he's a proven winner. The Europa Conference League two seasons ago. Okay. Last last year, Europa League final. Uh huh. There you go. And with a team that's underperforming. <laughs> it's nah. freezing in here, isn't it? Charlie, yeah. everybody's running. <laughs> yeah, I um. 
I got. I get the Arctic. I just said that. Not only do I not want Mourinho as our coach, I don't want to get this cold either. So we got tissues right now. No, I saw this. I was already mad at you because I thought, uh huh. You didn't give me the hint that hey, bring an electric blanket. Oh no, it's freezing. You want this? I think you might need this more than I do. If you guys had high blood pressure, you wouldn't even feel it. What a dream. One of the perks. One of the few perks. Okay, US men's national team is what we're going to be talking next. We're going to go to a very short break. We will be right back. We're going to talk uh, this next international camp for the U.S. team. Stay with us. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yes, it's that time. International break in the U.S. men's national team is back in action uh, this month with friendlies against Germany and Ghana. Two really important matches as the Americans build, of course, towards the 2026 World Cup. Camp is happening in Nashville in Tennessee. High-profile friendlies as well, by the way. World-class opponents in, in those two in Germany and Ghana. L- let's talk about your biggest questions going into this camp. What are the questions that you still have over this U.S. men's national team, Susanna? Uh, well, we just saw the guy, uh, Gio Reyna, is back in camp and this will be the first time that he is reunited with Greg Berhalter since the World Cup and we've talked a lot about uh, sort of the 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 family drama that went mm. on between these two guys and I'm very very curious to see how this relationship sort of plays out um, I was watching kicking you it really think the, we'll see that I I'm, I'm I just want to I want to see how it kind of affects just like the vibes in general. I know, like on kicking it, you guys had asked Matt Turner about if did it affect. The it, dressing did that room? affect the dressing room? Matt said no, and and I, I liked that you pushed back, Kate, because I was like, no, come hey, on, man, come on, like of course it did, like that. It, it didn't affect the dressing room. It was what what it, it, what it happened? It definitely affected the dressing room, but it had to, to have to, to move it enough to say, oh guys, we we don't know what to do. We're the coach is at it. Well, it's not Gio an episode Reyna. of Scooby Doo. No, but, I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's going to be something that's going to be talked about, or one of those quiet things you it's, don't say. It, it is, and yeah, it's, but it it's didn't kind of deter the them on the, the pitch, room. is what I'm saying. Yeah, you're, I think, you're not thinking about it on the pitch. Definitely not against England, am I right? It's the it's the elephant Kate, right? in the room right Kate, now at camp, and <laughs> we we've talked so much about how important Gio Reyna is to this U.S. men's national team, and how we think that he is probably their most important player. Their their best player, um, a position that, that they sorely need him in. And so this needs this needs to function. Like this they need to put this aside. And apparently, you know, I'm believing that if he is in camp and Greg Burhold, they finally had that conversation. Um, that things are cool, that olive branches have been extended, but the U.S. needs Gio, and they need him to be playing well. Um, I'm glad he got some minutes over the weekend, finally, yeah. with Borussia Dortmund, um, but I'm, I am. I'm just curious to see how he kind of fits in with this team and if it can be sort of a just a, a seamless transition for Valerian them. Balogun agrees with you. You need a, a Gio hundred percent. Yeah. 100%. And my question is, is simply... Can they continue to improve? 
because we've seen in the World Cup in the group stages is the, the whole story was this is a young group. They've never done it before. This is their first experience. They had a grind in World Cup qualifying, but they got the job done. And they get out of the group and they, they went unbeaten in the group, which is, which is a good thing considering they were the better team against England in a nil-nil draw. But then they, they were outcoached and outperformed against the Netherlands in the 3-1 loss. So then you, you regroup, a lot of uncertainty, Nations League comes, and they absolutely balled. That was the best I've seen this group play. Both the Trace Zero match against Mexico and the 2-0 against Canada, they wiped the floor with Canada. And so now they play Uzbekistan and Oman, both Opponents were underwhelming for me. Uzbekistan was better than advertised, I think, coming into that, because then they ended up tying Mexico 3-3. But now you're playing quality. Now it's Germany and a hungry Germany on top of that, because they have to rediscover who they are and get back to competing for trophies. And so now that you have a, 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 German, a German side that has Nagelsmann as, as a new manager who's trying to prove himself as well, Musiala. A, a, a young player like him, Roizane, who's playing extremely well. Now I want to see how this U.S. men's national team deals with top-level attackers in world football. And so, you know, you have Balogun, who's who's playing. He's he's now found. I think he's found his his feet well at Monaco. Pulisic is balling at at AC Milan, but uh, Timothy Weah, who started off well at Juve, who's now on the bench. Uh, who hasn't been playing that much, and Weston McKinney now is playing in front of him at, at wingback, is going to be brought back into the midfield. And McKinney and Musa partnered very well as, as two defensive eights in this system. And it worked really well, and you had Gio Reyna in front of them. Does Gio Reyna now start? Is he fit enough to start? Or do you run with Tillman there? Because Tillman has been playing really well at PSV. So just seeing how Greg continues to evolve this team, because you can't be aggressive all the time and dominate play, especially when you're playing against Germany. So how does he change the tactics to get the most out of this side? I agree. Uh, for me, my, my big question is, what do you do in defensive midfield? You know, Tyler Adams is one of those players that's so essential to the way Greg Berhalter wants to play. We've seen this team shine without him. Unfortunately, it looks like he's going to have to go back in for surgery. We're going to have an elongated period without him. What exactly do you do? Do you bring in someone who is maybe a bit more of a less roaming forward defensive midfielder, someone who sits back and just protects the back line? Are you able to send your, your uh, fullbacks forward if you don't have that in that position? Do you try a Weston McKenney in there, maybe take away the weapon that we've seen him you know, sort of be in front of goal and roaming forward? Does that you know, maybe expose your back line? There's so many questions as to what exactly do you do in that position, and it's something that's so essential. And what I don't want to see is take a player like a Eunice Musa or a Weston McKenney and inhibit their ability to go forward by making them sit back and camp out in front of that back line. It's, it's a difficult question. It's luckily not one that I have to solve, but I'm interested to see what happens. Well, I mean, I think it, it, it's already shown itself with Musa and McKinney partnering each other well, being in that role. Because I think what I love about that is there's, it's interchangeable. It's not one player's task with protecting the back line. Both or one ventures forward and then one covers. But I love the fact that you have that interchangeable midfield because the more fluidity and unpredictability you have from this U.S. side, which is young and they cover a lot of ground, I think the better it is for the U.S. in the attack, especially in transition. I would have loved if they brought someone in like, a, like an Amir Richardson who plays for uh, Rennes. I would have loved if he would, they would have given him a chance. He plays a little bit more on the wing, tall. He could play for Morocco. It looks like he's most likely going to play for Morocco or France if he wanted to. But to get the chance to see him, he's a little bit of a ball stealer. He's the, in the top 10% recoveries in Ligon. To see someone like him get in that position. Excuse me? 
Ligon. Excusez-moi. <laughs> uh, you don't pronounce the H's. I don't know if you know that. Uh, Ligon. <laughs> uh, to, to see him uh, to get a chance would have been great. Mm, okay, we're going to go to a very quick break. <laughs> uh, oh, should we talk about NWSL when we come back? Playoff race yes. uh, over yes. there in women's soccer. Let's talk about that. We'll be back in a minute. And Lisa Carlin is going to join us for that too. Stay with us. Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Ha! Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount Plus. Yes! Nadia Nadim scores and a lifeline for racing Louisville. Pickett lofting this in again. Morehouse there to punch it. It's over the line. Louisville has come all the way back. They have done the unthinkable. Second ball, though, always dangerous. Sugina heads it in. And Portland secures a spot in the postseason. Welcome back, everybody. Here's a look at some of the results uh, from NWSL this weekend. Uh, obviously, the one that really jumps out is that KC current 6-3 to three against Chicago Red Stars. Nine goals in one game. Not often you see that one. Another big scoring one between Racing Louisville and Orlando Pride. 3-2 the final score in that one. Uh, we're going to talk about a couple of these results, uh, and we're going to do that with our very good friend, friend of the show and host of Attacking Third, Lisa Carlin, is uh, joining us. Uh, Lisa, good to see you. Nice to meet you. First time meeting you for me. Uh, so we're going to talk about NWSL this weekend. Obviously, it was a big weekend. I think the, the Megan Rapinoe thing was one of the biggest things that we saw this weekend, obviously getting her send-off from OL Reign. She's played for them for 11 years. It was the last regular season home game for them. How big was that moment? Uh, that was huge, Kate, and it is a pleasure to meet you. Um, the women's game is saying goodbye to a legend. The game in general is saying goodbye to a legend, an icon in Megan Rapinoe. And the Seattle fans showed up and showed out because there was a record-breaking attendance over um, – the, the players that were there and the people that spoke about her, there's over 34,000 fans there in attendance for Megan Rapinoe, despite the end scoreline 0-0 in that one. It didn't matter. They stayed till the end. They gave her her well-deserved flowers um, as O.L. Reigns said goodbye to her. But O.L. Reigns not done yet. They're still pushing for a playoff spot, as is Washington Spirit, who drew with O.L. Reigns in that match. But it was emotional to start the NWSL weekend. Lisa, I want to talk about the Portland Thorns, and in particular, Sophia Smith finally getting some minutes. She got into the, the game the 83rd minute as a substitute. How are Portland feeling about their playoff aspirations now that Sophia Smith is coming back into the fold? After 41 days, we got to see the return of Sophia Smith. When she went down against Washington earlier in the season, it was not looking good. She went off the field on crutches. But the fact that she came back, she got a couple minutes under her belt, it's looking good for Portland. They got the win this weekend over Gotham. That clinched them a playoff spot and a first one or two spot as well. That gets them a first round bye. Sophia Smith holds the golden boot race right now in her goals. But Caroline, North Carolina forward, is right on her heels. The fact that Smith 
Smith is back. She got a few minutes. It just bolsters the attack for Portland. Hina Sugita is the goal scorer for Portland this weekend, but Morgan Weaver, Olivia Moultrie there. It has been scoring by committee at Portland. So to just have Smith there, even if she doesn't get a full 90 in the playoffs or she's still working her way back to minutes, she adds so much to the attack, to the training sessions for this Portland side that just gives them the creativity and the freedom. And Portland is best when they have a lot of freedom in their attack. Uh, Lisa, I want to keep it on Sophia Smith because, as you mentioned, she's leading the Golden Boot race right now. She's got 11 goals. She's got five assists on the season, which is second best in the league. She's the reigning MVP. I mean, I know she's spent some time injured, but is there a chance that she could repeat? I think the Golden Boot yeah, I think that there's a really big chance that Sophia Smith could win that, even if she only gets 10, 15 minutes in the match day 22 decision day game for Portland. It's so crucial for her, and she just finds the back of the net so seamlessly. As for MVP, I think there are other candidates that could outperform themselves. Now, the MVP goes off of the regular season run, and yes, she missed uh, about oh, a month due to that injury. She was also gone for the World Cup, and as someone that votes in these, I like to take into consideration players that have been there for the longevity and really stepped up for their team during that international break. She's a contender, and she's at the top of the list, but... There are a couple other okay, candidates who, I want to see. Who also, I love that flex from you. Like, yeah. I, I, you know, I get to vote, I vote. on this. So, this so right. who, who else are the candidates? Who else? Give me your top three at right now at the moment. The top three, I like that. I think Ashley Hatch is a candidate for Washington Spirit. Um, she's a player that's been really consistent for them, and especially if Washington makes it back to the playoffs after their roller coaster of a season, she's put this team on their back. Caroline, Brazilian international for North Carolina. She's on the heels of Soph for that golden boot race, and she's just done so much for this team. They won the Challenge Cup, and they continue to move on. And I'll throw in Sophia Smith for you, get, for you guys there, too. <laughs> I, I always say the MVP should go to – the best team in the regular season. So if it's not Sophia Smith on Portland, who would you give it to? Um, well, if you're going by that, it means, I guess, San Diego, they're number two in the standings right now, but they've just had such an up-and-down season, frankly. Um, I, I honestly really like it for Caroline at North Carolina. It's a team that's been one of the most consistent playing on the pitch throughout the entirety of the year. They did win the Challenge Cup, but throughout the regular season, they struggled at the beginning of the year. However, they've stayed so consistent. They're number one in the league in passing completion, in possession, in their ability to find the back of the net consistently. And you look at the chances created, Caroline is one of the top five of chances created in the entire league. I'll ask you real quick about the playoff race. I can't believe Orlando Pride found a way to lose that game against Racing Louisville. It, does this open the door for Racing Louisville or did they leave it too late? It does open the door for Racing Louisville. I, it's so crazy to say this because only two spots have been clinched and only two teams eliminated. So math-wise, that's four playoff spots left for eight teams. Now, it's more likely that some teams will get those spots over others. However, Racing Louisville, where they are in the standings right now, they're number nine. So they still have a chance to climb up and clinch. They're going to need a bit of help from other teams as well. However, it's still open. This is the tightest that we have ever seen the NWSL. It's fantastic. All right, Lisa, good to see you. Thank you so much. Nice to meet you. Great Thank stuff. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Lisa. Good stuff. Okay, we are going to go to a short break one more time. Don't move. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. 
The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Lautaro Martinez! He's made of different stuff. He's unstoppable at the moment. Thanks a lot to make me uncomfortable. <laughs> but it's been such an incredible journey to be able to play here my whole career. It's just really special to be able to have this. So just thank you to everyone. And that one has gone in. Come on. With a smile on his face. Milan have made their five changes. They can't bring on a goalkeeper. Giroud off his line and then makes the save in two attempts. And look at the reaction from his teammates. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Morning Footy. Good to have you with us today. We're going to close things out with a look at the best that the weekend had to offer, according to the crew here at the desk. Uh, we're going to start with you, I believe, Alexis. What do yeah, you got? big shock. I'm an Arsenal fan, so I choose best decision-making. No that goes way. To the one, the only, Mikel Arteta. Uh, absolutely incredible decision-making, bringing in Martinelli in the second half, waiting for Pep Guardiola to make uh, their decisions in the 68th minute. Three subs. He brings in three subs, and those, all those subs link up for the goal against Manchester City. And now, Mikel Arteta has faced 24 different Premier League uh, clubs and has beaten them all. Newsflash, pal. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, Charles Davies. <laughs> I hate to break it to you. Oh, no. But uh, NWSL was uh, the winner this uh, weekend. And in terms of some, some celebrations, <laughs> some skills, I'm going with Lula Bonta. Let's see some, some of her little dance celebrations. And then the skill check from Trinity Rodman. Let's, can we get can we get that? I like up? how Charlie got we, two best we, moments. Yeah, because it's NWSL yeah. as a whole. <laughs> Women are only a half to Charlie. You know what I'm saying? Right? Uh, oh, don't go there. Look at this, Lula Bata, and then oh, oh. hey, bands that make good dance. <laughs> <laughs> Golasso with the celly, and then uh, so a round up. That is a round up, not a cartwheel. And then you landed with both feet at the same time. Oh. Okay, thanks, look at Susanna. Ay, ay, ay. Trinity Ramen. Just like when my mother-in-law makes says, chicken parm. Tell me that. Tell sauce. me that ain't Filthy. the truth. That's a whole lot of sauce. <laughs> That's the real deal. <laughs> Yikes. Ay. That's a good one. Yeah, that that that's that's legit. That's For me, good that's one. that's the celly of the weekend. All right. Wanna hear mine? Yes. Yes. That's goalkeeping moment. Of the uh -oh. I know what's Shocker, coming. obviously. Olivier Giroud. He, I mean, the man got a shutout, let's be honest. Hey, that's a, that's and a I know. Good call. It's amazing. But the guy literally almost had his face broken making a save <laughs> and still looks perfect. Oh, it, I, I right like, there. Show and the, then he gets can the we rebound. Show the close because very rarely do you see a save happen with oh, your eyes closed. I, he closed just, his eyes. It's at Look at him. Oh! Eyes closed. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> it all worked out. And then after the game, he's posing in the locker room with, with Mignon. He's got his kit on. It was just awesome. And apparently, apparently, Pulisic wanted to go in goal. And Pioli, like, this is reported. I don't know if it's true, but Pioli told him he was too short. Short. Yeah. Oh. Uh, you did see that Milan brought out a, a goalkeeper's kit, the, the jersey. Yes. There's now a goalkeeper's jersey for Olivier Giroud. Sold out already. You missed out. Yeah. Missed out. Dang. Sold out. Oh. 
France. Oh, so we got city connections. Maybe we can do something. I'll, that try, I'll try and get it for you. Friday. Interesting. How does your How does your fiance feel about the way you talk about Olivier Giroud? On he's the show? completely. Like, he's completely on board. Like we we. Oh, he's on board with. Yeah, it. we yeah. agree that like you know, there's like certain men, like a David Beckham. Like we're watching the David Beckham doc, and he's like this. He's a this guy's is, a is, handsome man. Is that man. the same way as Jason Tindall? You feel the same? No, Tindall is just like a he's just, just a, a thing. A That's more caricature. of an attitude. Yeah. It's more of a vibe. Exactly. Thing. <laughs> My wife would like me to stop talking about Giroud at some point. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what about Jude? Jude. Well, I mean, he's very handsome, but he's also 20 years old, and that feels a little he crosses a boundary. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> he's he's a <laughs> 20 short He's a child. He's still a child. The man can't drink legally in the United States. He'd say, You're aging me, mate. Oh, that, that's important to you. You've got to be able to drink. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to need it to talk to a 20-year-old for that long. You're going to be able to rent a car. You know, <laughs> this kind guy. Of important. You're mm. skating on thin ice, bud. Yeah, wow. Did you buddy, have a moment? <laughs> Did I have a moment? I mean, it has to be Scott McTominay. Nobody asked me for the record if I had a moment. I just asked. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. I got you. Nice to be remembered. Uh, Scott McTominay would be my moment of the weekend, would have to be. Great decision making, arguably better than the Arsenal decision making, you could argue. (laughs) I don't agree. Yeah, really tough opponent at home. Brentford. (gasps) Thanks, Charlie. It's been a joy being here with you. Thanks so much for inviting me in. I know I was reminded that nobody did invite me in, but it was it was good to be here all the same. It's great to have you, Kate. Thank you. Appreciate that. You know we love having you. Do I? Yes. Thank you. Appreciate you. (laughs) We will be back tomorrow, 8 a.m. Eastern, for more of the same. Make sure you join us then. Thank you for tuning in. Have a good one, everybody. Bye bye. Wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com/theshy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.